Hold on. There we go. And boom. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It's Sunday. It's just gone past eight o'clock. It's been seven days since we last met, but we're here again for a special edition, a bonus conversation of the Global Frequency. I'm joined by uh, my amazing co-hosts, uh, TC and James. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, hey. I am awesome. Karate. <laughs> Wave the hand. <laughs> oh, man. How's, how's, how's your week been, guys? Are you, are you, are you good? It's, 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 it's been a strange week. It's, the cold has definitely come to, to London. Uh, how, how's it hitting you guys? Because you're in Portugal, James. How's, how's the cold hitting you? Uh, storms. Storms have hit Portugal. I mean, it's, it's, it's not so much a, of a bother of cold per se, or, or we, we are down to seven degrees, but uh, storms, the number of nights of heavy, heavy rainfall and winds like I've never seen before. I think the Daily Mail did coin the phrase thunder snow, which is their new thing. How about you, TC? You are in, um, where, where are you based? I'm in Hampshire, Curtis. So I'm not going to give details. Um, <laughs> postcode, postcode, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, so it's colder. I went for a run this morning, and it was, I think it was like two degrees, and it's basically stayed at two degrees for like most of the day. So it's been it's been cold here. So yeah, it's, I'm enjoying it. I really like the cold, Curtis. As you know, I don't, I don't yeah. wear jumpers for a reason. You know, <laughs> <laughs> living somewhere hot, but. You know, that's what we got. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, man. It's it's been it's been a difficult difficult week. Um, the snow's been coming in, the politics is in flying in, and news stories. It it feels like um, Groundhog Day somewhat, but except it's getting worse. Like it's not getting funnier or sexier. You're like you're not going to sleep with a beautiful moon at the end of it. It just feels like you know as the cold comes in everything's getting a bit worse and I'm not seeing a light on the horizon. I did a couple of weeks ago when, um, when uh, Biden won the election, but slowly as it's progressed, it's turned into a bit of a nightmare. Now I'll tell you why guys. I know you're sitting there going, poor Curtis, poor Curtis. How are you going through all of this? But let, let me tell you why, right? Today I tried sitting through one of Trump's speeches. Okay. Oh, wow. Which, I, which I, one? I tried the rally. So he went down to Georgia uh. in a rally and like, you know how, you know, if you're a comedian, you work with your audience, right? Or if you're yeah. a host, you'll work with your audience, right? Well, Trump's like the worst comedian ever, but he's also got the worst audience, right? Who at one point were, at one point refusing to vote, then the next point shouting they were gonna vote, then shouting at the people that they were meant to vote for. It was just surreal, but it's like, he's still going. He's not stopping. It's like the slowest moving coup ever, but the longest losing streak. And I've just got this really nasty feeling, no matter how much the process may win out eventually, that he, he's going to pull off something spectacular. And it's just, we're going to be in the same place we were four years ago. Wondering you, how did, the hell it happened. Did you see the YouTube post that uh, went out a couple of days ago of mm. him going through all of the reasons why he won? how there was mass electoral fraud. And suddenly at like six in the morning, there were uh, spikes of ballot papers that suddenly turned up in the key swing states and other yeah. unfounded um, uh, allegations 
of this type of fraudulent activity. It was frankly scary. And I, I did read an article that said, um, usually when a president is making such an important announcement and speech and going through this, most of the news channels and mainstream media will televise. They will have him on. They will mm. give him that platform. Whereas this time they didn't. They, they for whatever reason, I, I don't know, you know, if there, if there was even a discussion about this being televised, but it just wasn't. It was done purely for YouTube, which mm. is another very interesting and bizarre thing to do. But of course, it then pops up in all the main news media um, saying well, the, that he's still claiming irrationally. A lot of the news media is refusing to broadcast anything he says. Like they're literally, anytime one of his reps come out um, and say a word, they're like, yeah, we're going to cut from this because the president's just lying. Even Fox News has gone, yeah. Can yeah, I just we, say, we're going to we're we're go. Um, what a shame. In direction. What a shame they didn't start doing this, cutting him when he was, you know, campaigning for his first term <laughs> at no point did he say anything that was meaningful you know um, he ever, I... you're fired i think that's the closest closest he's ever got to saying anything meaningful and that was in a fantasy tv show um it's, it's, it's almost it's almost um shakespearean um or maybe benny hillish in its, its tragedy of the fact the man who literally made a career out of saying you're fired can't handle it himself it's, it's, it's epically tragic that he can't like let's go look Donald you're fired okay fair enough I'm gonna go and play golf which is clearly what he really wanted to do anyway um and he's not and then the ultimate tragedy of all of this while this is going on Americans are dying from COVID in record amounts mm. you know and that for me is a true like that, that that's the thing that's been lost in all of this that not once has that man stood up and gone He's never taken responsibility for anything, let alone COVID being as rampant as in, in the States. But he's also literally made COVID a secondary story now. It's not the main story in the States. It's not the main thing people are talking about. It's They're talking about Trump's ego. And that's why it feels a bit like deja vu, because throughout his entire presidency, it's been about his ego. He now owns the um, uh, Republican Party. They won't stand up to him. Only 25, I think, senators will say that Biden's won the election at the moment. The vast majority of the Republican Party won't, won't speak out against him. And the thing that worries me, even though he's lost, the thing that concerns me about that is Boris. Boris is, Boris is playing from the Trump playbook, right? Mm. And at the moment, nobody's standing up to him in the Tory party especially. Nobody's telling him he's doing anything wrong, even when he screws up. He won't sack anybody in his party. He won't tell anybody, no, this is this needs to stop. Man won't even comb his goddamn hair. And it's like we're we're sat here, you know, jokes aside, he he, you know, all their policies have been about stopping immigrants, all their policies have been about um cutting budgets and the only time they've done things for the people is when they've been forced to do it, like in the case of Rashford. Um, embarrassing them into feeding kids this winter, embarrassing our own government into feeding kids this winter, um, and other situations like that. It's taken them to do anything. And I, I'm just like, and the news stories that came out this week about the EU, 
again, I don't get, and tell me if I'm wrong, chaps, we are being held to ransom by the Brexit Brigade over fish. Somebody tell me how that's right. There's no, there is no situation where fishing rights, which the Brits sold to the Europeans, I might add, is a reason for this country to literally risk its economic future over. That was never part of the Brexit vote, as far as I remember. Again, tell me if I'm wrong. Did anybody mention that a no deal was part of the um, Brexit vote? It, as far as I remember, even Farage said it wasn't. And what, yet what, here what? we are today... Sorry, well, go for it, James. No, no, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm really resonating with the passion that you're, you're coming and, and displaying um, uh, toward this. And I think it was on the Global Frequency WhatsApp group that, that we've got going that, that you mentioned the individual on LBC, on the James O'Brien show, saying mm. actually the Hauliers are, aren't are just not going to bother. Yeah having to go through those checks and therefore we're going to have a significant drop in the amounts of goods and services well goods and um, that that will be transported in and out of the uk and therefore that the economy will shrink just because those companies won't do that mm. um that kind of thing because they they're they're gonna not see a high enough return in doing what they always did for for the uk or within the uk so it's not just fisheries, you know, I, 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 I get it and access to water is incredibly important, but it's only 3% of um, the, the UK economy. Oh, 1%. It's, it, it's, it's, it's 1 only 1%. It's literally 1.3% of the it British makes economy. less money than Harrods does yeah. per annum. So one shop makes more money than the fishing industry in the UK. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't say I'm surprised. I, and that's that's one of the sticking points. But then again, it's become such a media uh, bat and ball game. This is one of the mm. things that you know people can probably relate to on a on a physical and tangible level. What about all the other things that happen to be in that um, uh, in that document that we're not talking about or not being told about, and other things that are problems and. In fact, the news media ha ha haven't picked up on that as a story because what, for whatever reason, it's not strong enough. It doesn't resonate, doesn't sell enough papers or get people to watch enough enough TV or adverts or anything like that. Um, then the politicians can work out how to sell that to us in some other sort of PR spin. So we're okay with that post-Brexit day. Say, ah, we did this for you. It's the perfect thing. You know, it, it, it's, it's the same idea of um, there's this thing in... Um, uh, in the food world called, I think it's called clean labeling. So mm. something like a uh, wisp of rose hip on um, a food label is in fact 300 E numbers that, that may give you cancer by the time you're 60, if you have it every day, you know, it's like really bad stuff, but mm. they give a really lovely name to it. It's, it's that type of spin we're talking about. You know, they, they're, they're clever people. They, they know where these lines are and know what's out in the media and they play the media and then have to be played by the media a little bit. And it's just back and forth. But do we understand it fully? Are we going to get the all the information via the news media that we currently have? No, no way. I mean, yes, yeah, so some of the great journalists will write, will write and read those policies, but they're enormous. Like, mm. how do you digest it properly? And unless you're willing to to spend, you know, a couple of hours reading a really well thought out Guardian article or tabloid news article, yeah. you're not really going to get the full depth of understanding and just have this periphery of 
a viewpoint that it, that it ends up just being you know argumentative um, at best and at worst makes you look like a total twerp. Mm. TC, what's your take? Well, I think Boris Johnson seems to be having more problems than you give it credit because um, the backbenchers are rebelling against him. They rebelled against him on the tier system um, and it seems there is quite a lot of unhappiness. The only thing is these are Brexiteers that are causing the fuss as generally Brexiteers, uh, you know, leaving Europe was one of the main reasons that Thatcher had to go, that, um, what's his name, uh, the other, policy, uh, you know, the other people, David Cameron went, Theresa May went, and it was all to do with Brexit. Um, so Brexiteers are causing a bit of a ruckus for Boris Johnson at the moment. Um, but when James says something about being, you know, post-Brexit, we're going to have issues. I think we're post-truth. I think uh, and that might sound patronising, and I don't want to I don't want to come across as patronizing, but I think if you look at the new cycle, it is a cycle and politicians yeah. really are current politicians and don't really give a shit. They know that the, you know, if they make a fuss over something else or announce that, you know, I don't know that the, the, now the thing with the, the classic was the proms where they were not going to play Jerusalem, the, the proms, uh, proms that no one could attend, you know, it was going to be televised. <laughs> no one could sing along with it because no one could fucking go to it because we're in COVID and I can't remember what happened before. It was something to do with school meals, I think. But they, they kicked mm. off about that. Well, I think it's a bloody outrageous that the sausages and the queen. Um, you know, they made a massive fuss out of that. And it's a cycle. So if you give enough bullshit, if you create enough, enough fake anger over some kind of non, someone not being patriotic enough, then people forget about your stupidities. Obviously, we don't and your failures but i think that, that that's why i think boris johnson will resign will stop being the prime minister sometime in the new year um also it's it's highly and the newspapers are caught on to this because they've published it today in the papers that covid vaccines after the 31st of december are going to be flown in rather than taking by port like they do the rest of the time you know so from belgium they're going to be brought in you know, instead of being through through Dover or Calais, where are they coming generally? They're going to be flown in, so they've missed the ports. Um, so the press have picked up on that. Uh, uh, let's face it, if if we get no deal, which I think is becoming increasingly, increasingly probable, that for some reason the Brexiteers will blame people like you and me who have no power, who have only voiced concern, who do want it to work. I mean, I live in this country, so I want Brexit to work. If it's, if it's going to happen, I need it to work because I have children. And although I want to retire someday to Spain, I'd rather stay here. And I'd rather this country was the country that I want it to be. Do you know what I mean? Uh, oh and, any food shortages or, or stuff like that. So although I, do, I, I want it to work, I've never thought it would do. And I think for some reason we're going to be blamed for it because I think that's the way they're going to turn that knife. It's not our fault. It's the bloody Remainers. They cause all the problems rather than someone who said they had an oven ready deal. And in fact, they had fuck all. <laughs> I, I think you might be right, but I think the truth might be even worse than that. And let me, let me lay down why. And you guys tell me if this doesn't sound, if this doesn't sound wrong. I think there's a no-lose situation for Boris and the press are already setting up for him. And when I say the press, I'm saying all the press, including the, the left-leaning newspapers. 
they're making it a no-lose situation for Boris. If he gets a no-deal, it's the EU's fault. They're being pedantic. They're being petty. They're being silly. If he gets a deal and it's not great, it's still the EU's fault because they're, they're, they're a dictatorship. They're a bunch of Nazis. And the only reason I'm saying this, I've been speaking to Brexiters today, which, you know, I still haven't had a shower after talking to them, but I feel like I need one. I was speaking to them and there is no rationale to anything they say. And I know people say you need to build bridges, but how can you build a bridge with a person who literally will sit there and say the EU, a 25 nation body of 27, sorry, 27 nation body, of 27 individual nations, individual sovereign nations, are a bunch of Nazis. You know, how can you build a bridge and communicate with people like that and try and convince them that that's irrational? You know, if they haven't cottoned onto it so far and they believe that, you know, the EU wants to tear this entire gig down and destroy this country over fish. uh, CJ, I gotta gotta call you out. I gotta you call try. you out Come here. Bring it to me. I got. I, I. I gotta call you out on bring, this one. Bring it. Bring it. B- b- big time. No, th- th- this is more around. You know, they are individuals. They are people, and, and lumping them into that bucket of going, um, uh, the Brexiteers uh, all think that all twenty-seven EU nations want to tear down the UK sovereignty and everything that that we stand for and what we do. It's mm. like, no, no, they don't. I, I, really? I, I, really disagree okay i've got evidence i've got receipts hold on <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry James. no I, I i think a lot of no, brexiteers I I, I I i gotta finish yeah. this i'm sorry i've, I've got, yeah. got, got, got to throw this thing i think a lot a lot of brexiteers were probably very well-meaning well-intentioned individuals yeah. that have seen their mm-hmm. country change um in, in a way that in their area they were not happy about and i'm, mm. I'm making it quite localized here um, yeah. b- because they were scared of the changes going on and they saw a way of um, sticking it back to the the powers that be or whatever it is that they, they feel oppressed them mm. with that decision that they didn't want originally. And they, they've been able to take this power back. Now, yeah. you know, to, to lump them all into, into one and, and say that, they all think um, the whole of the EU are a bunch of Nazis. Um, I, I, I've, I've got to say, no way. Uh, th- th- they don't think that. If, you, if you're going to sit and have a rational conversation, which is not to do with this topic, then mm. they're probably lovely individuals. And they, they want to bring up their kids in, in a safe environment and mm. healthy and vaccinated, uh, if they believe in that or not. You know, so I don't know. I, ju- I just, I, I've got to, I got to, you know, I, I get the passion. Yeah, um, and I I also get the silliness of Brexit, and I do think it's a really really silly thing that that the UK has done. Although I can't lump them all into the one saying, "Well, they they think the EU is all a bunch of Nazis." That they have yeah. no genuine reasons. Whether they were sold to in the way that they didn't realize they were getting sold to, and got sold down the river in my, in my mind. You, you then mm. have uh, you know lots of sound bites of people saying they want to change their mind. You know, yeah. so it's 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 a tough one, mate. It's it's tough to call them out like that. I I get you get wild up, and the the more evangelical they are, and <laughs> willing to put their their opinion out on Facebook, then yeah, you're gonna get that kind of pushback and and saying that stuff. But they're still human. They're still people. 
Look, so was Joseph Goebbels. I'm look. I you know, <laughs> I, 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 I I get where you're coming from, and I understand what you're saying. And it is quite clear that not everybody who's a Brexiter believes stupid things. Okay, but as I've said, and I've been doing this week on week, week in, week out. Right, I have asked Brexiters, and and when I say Brexiters. No, I'm not saying people who voted leave, because a lot of people who voted leave, I speak to them and they're like, yeah, that was a, that was a bad idea. Yeah? Yeah. I'm talking about the people who still believe Brexit is a good idea, right? I've spoken to them week in, week out. I've asked them, name me one European law which restricted the UK's sovereignty. Okay? I even did it today, right? How many, how many laws do you think they came back to me with? None, Curtis. Zero. They these people that are still hardcore into Brexit, okay, which I'm pretty sure is dropped since the Leave vote, do not care what the truth is. They believe that the EU is our enemy. They believe that the EU is out to get us, and they think that WT they keep saying WTO rules like they even know what they are, because I'm pretty sure they do not. Um, is the way forward for the UK. And they are willing to risk the economic well-being, not only of this country, but of the, the, the next generation, of all the small businesses, which the Tories have always claimed to be about, to, to get this through. Northern Ireland has already said, we ain't ready for this. Okay. Um, businesses are going, we, we don't actually understand what's going on. But Boris is like, no matter what, come the 31st of January, we're out. Now, if that isn't reprehensible, I don't know. But, okay, but they, and they, if they if it, if, if you're telling me that these people aren't horrible people, fine. I'm sure they make a nice cup of tea, and you can sit down and have a chat with them. But I guarantee, you, when it comes to the issue of, of the EU, they're rational. They have no reasoning behind what they're doing, and they, on, on the subject of the EU, they believe the most ridiculous things about the EU. And most of it was, which was fed to him by Boris. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying not capable of niceness. TC, jump in there. Say, save me from yourself. Curtis, <laughs> I, I, I just want to say that. I, th I think what we have to far. do here, sorry, yeah, I think what we have to do here is we have to remove the social media part. So if you could sit down and have a conversation with them, I think you might have a very different conversation. Um, I, I would suggest that when I've met people who, who in my opinion, blindly yeah. see... You know, they don't, they've not looked into it enough yet. Yeah. I'm not saying they won't look into it. I said, like, like, so, right. So, what has the European Union done? Well, you know, they're sending over lots of people and they just claim a benefit mm. for children they don't know. And they said, well, I said, well, that's not true, is it? Because if they were, the Daily Mail would be all over that and that would be all over the papers because the Daily Mail wants Polish people out of the country, you know. So, so that's what the Daily Mail would do. And I know, I know journalism isn't perfect, but there are still good journalists out there. Yeah. Who look for the So if you sit down with them and have a conversation and ask why so why do you believe this? Yeah. The social media is not the platform to have that discussion, is it? It's it's just not. It's just shouty, swearing, I'm right, fuck off. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it's not yeah. the place to do that. So again, I've met I've met Brexiteers who are quite reasonable. Do you know, yeah. generally they just think that actually for some reason they hold the idea that being outside of the European Union is better for business. I think that's flawed. I'm not an expert, though. WTO, I know. Yeah, yeah, but but if you listen to the WTO, they suggest that leaving leaving the European Union is a terrible idea. 
So yeah, that's the experts from the WTO. But, but but for some reason, they believe the, these are good things because yeah. they think we're hamstrung. Or they don't seem to realise that most of the laws that have been written and ratified were actually, to begin with, done by British solicitors after the Second World War, like the Human Rights Act was done yeah. by British solicitors um, to sort of join the European Union. So I, I think I think it's absolutely madness, personally. But I think, I think at some point in my life, I've been... I've sort of I've been in their position thinking, oh well, mm. you know, my area is changing. Oh, this this is not good. But then, yeah. you know, I know you're, and I don't know if James is, but you're uh, and, and I am sort of an avid um, student of history. Yeah, and I we, I've looked at every empire that's had like a major, you know, a major empire, and there's not mm. one of them that didn't have immigration because obviously, if, if somewhere is making money and it's a, it's a port of call and mer- it's mercantile, yeah. it's mercantile city pushing through, yeah. then of course have loads of immigrants making lots of money because mm. it's the place where people are making money it's going to happen <laughs> if britain doesn't have an influx of and i'm not saying that it's a good thing to have i think all immigration should be controlled throughout the world i'm not saying it's, it's perfect but if you're part of a block you're part of a block that's the way it works right that's the yeah. trade-off you make right so if we get rid of the ability of people who are willing to cross seas to do incredible things to get to to say cardiff well i'm just going to put that in there put to get to cardiff for example you know That's where to get well, to cardiff but, but but if they've if they've done these incredible things to get there imagine how hard they're going to fucking work when they're there yeah and that, that that's yeah exactly i'm sorry james you're, you're very i can't really hear you i do apologize to, to stay i just said how hard are they going to yeah exactly very quiet, to stay. james how oh, i apologize keep going yeah, it's like yeah, that's right. If they've got that 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 intention to stay there, imagine how much they can add to the community. And this thing about places changing—I mean, I saw it where I was growing up. Um, places change automatically. I mean, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That places get gentrified, so the, the immigrant the immigrant population who were there get pushed out by what would become middle class or upper class people who are able to buy big houses you know convert them so areas change nonetheless so that's that's a it's an ever-changing cycle and unless you live in a tiny little hamlet somewhere in the middle of nowhere with no access to anything or jobs that doesn't change but but the world will change and it's something that we should embrace but then again i'm no expert that's just how i feel about it that's fair enough but let me let me let me throw a few things at you gents um I, I appreciate what you're saying. I really, really do. But let me be quite clear on one of a few things. Most, nearly every conversation I've had with a Brexiter has led to them. One of the most memorable, it was, I think it was after Brexit. And like the dude proceeded to call me Mohammed throughout the entire conversation. Oh, I don't know why. Then proceeded to tell me that he was using his... For some reason, he thought that Brexit would mean he'd have to pay less tax towards me. I've I'm, I'm never, by the way, been unemployed or received any tax money from any government organisation outside of the standard, whether it's child benefits when I was a kid and um, for education. But then he proceeded to do that to me and go, hey, Mohammed, oh, Brexit's going to be great because it means that I'm not going to have to pay any more tax for you. And I was like, what? what? Excuse me, what? I have never, I, I get what you're saying, but I have different conversations with Brexiters. I listen to them and they tend to give me crap. Um, one of them today, just because I said that 
uh, Boris was the Messiah. He he said that I had a chip on my shoulder, which was obviously going to lead into the oh you're black you got a chip on your shoulder conversation, and I'm just like I I hear what you're saying. I I'm not saying that every Brexiter is a sniveling low rate racist scumbag, and I know you can have civil conversations with a lot of them, especially off social media. But again, I've yet to meet a Brexiter who can give me a rational reason for, for Brexit. And if they're saying it's because everything's changed around them and they're feeling left behind. Well, do you know what? Imagine being black in this country. I just, I, I think it's a sniveling excuse by a lot of Brexiters. And I honestly believe that. I believe that, you know, Brexit's going to happen. Um, and and, and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, there's nothing I could do to stop it from happening. Um, but I think we give Brexiters far too much credit and far too much respect and um, and far too much time to to figure themselves out and, and debate their ideas because they still never come back with anything. But yet we're all like, we've, we've got to march forward to Brexit. Brexit has to happen. If it doesn't, it's undemocratic. <laughs> no, it's not. If we had a second referendum and people voted against it, guess what? That's still democratic. Um, and everybody was saying, everybody was saying that before the election, the Brexiters were like, well, maybe we need to have more than one vote. Um, um, so I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm very like, this is, this is, I don't know. I just find the whole process very disturbing, annoying, and it just winds me up no end. I know I, I, you know, like I said, I, I agree. It's not everybody, and I know some people are claiming they're left behind. Some people are claiming they're left out, and I think that's more to do with the politics of this country than it has anything to do with the EU. That's absolutely um, correct. Yeah, that's absolutely and, correct. And and unfortunately, the EU is easy target, and a lot mm. of people notice that the, the, the political parties are using it as an easy target. But I guarantee you that if the government, the government what worries me the most about what's happening now is the government's targeting London. Um, mm. They're targeting Londoners. They're targeting London businesses, London travel, to raise more taxes, to raise more money. And it's not the big business that's being targeted. It's the average Londoner. And that's what disturbs me about this entire process. That after Brexit, we're going to have to be pay. I'm going to have to pay more tax. I'm going to have to pay more money. And that's to please all the people they lied to to make Brexit happen. Hmm. And that shouldn't be allowed to happen. That is undemocratic. That is taxation without representation. And and that, that's why I'm annoyed at Brexiters, because you know, they keep acting like they're the great victims. They they're the worst winners in the world. Hmm. They're like Trump fans, literally the worst winners in the world. That they won and they still don't have a plan. And that's the sad thing for me about this entire situation. That the you know that and, and all the rest that we'll talk about a bit later in the show. But that's that there's my rant. There's the core of my argument that we're sat here and we're looking at Brexit coming up. Everybody knows it's gonna it's not gonna go the way the government wants it to. Everybody knows that Boris is the worst person to be leading this, but we're still marching down this road. And the only winners are going to be those people who have no plan because they'll sit there and go, well, it's the foreigners, it's the Londoners, it's the Remainers who, 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 who've done this to us. And that's why I'm, I'm just so angry. I'm just so mad about this entire situation. You, you are. Yeah. You're, you're, I really, you're, 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 you're really absolutely am. livid. 
You're completely I'm limited. Already seen limited the effects of it. To 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 the point of maybe a rationality, because it's a, it's affecting you in, in a way that you know it it is the I guess maybe sadly the Antifa argument. You know, mm. to to the point of uh, a willingness, and and I get it, I, I understand a willingness to confront on on, on a social media platform and yeah. put yourself into that situation where you you are either purposefully or um, or even maybe respectfully um, antagonizing just to see what the answers would be that came and come from them. So mm. you can you can have more of a story of a justification around why this whole group of people are are and an issue, um, and um, a problem to themselves. Really, yeah. I mean that, that that's what's end up happening. And and I I absolutely respect that passion, and I've got to respect their passion as well because that they they have it and had it it to to some degree too. Whether it's good for the masses and good for everyone else, well, uh, obviously not because it's caused so so many arguments. You know, violence up in the streets, so all all, all that kind of stuff. You know, that it, mm. it's kind of uh, blatant. It's it hasn't worked, and it's uh, going to be more blatant after uh, after I, Christmas. I, I think it would be different for me if there wasn't such a strong undercurrent of racism. Um, yeah, not just against uh, not just against ethnic minorities, but um, foreigners in general. Uh, yeah. with this with this really? uh, Brexit movement and uh, you know just moving it on the, the the show on slightly it ties into what happened I think it was today or yesterday at Millwall um, now as everybody knows Black Lives Matter started off in the States as a movement and it is a movement it's not a political movement it's a movement that was fighting for equality and, it, it, you know, it's Black Lives Matter has been going for a while, but it was spurred on recently even more by the death of George Floyd during the summer. Now, George Floyd was murdered over a 10-minute, like, just under nine-minute period in a video that was filmed by it's police horrific. officers. Yeah, it's horrific. And, and that movement, you know, George Floyd had, had a, a checkered past, and the right locked onto that and used that as an excuse for his murder. And then that argument drifted over here. Now it's discolored the Black Lives Matter movement in the UK to the point that 51% of people think that Black Lives Matter has had a negative effect on race relations in the UK. Not bad policing, not a bad judicial system, not a bad education system, not racism itself, but Black Lives Matter. And the reason why, and I think it ties into a bit with the whole debate about Brexit, because it's the same attitude people seem to be having. So, Millwall has a match. I think it was yesterday, if it my was, memory serves me right. Millwall has a match. The entire team nil uh, before the match, but the fans start booing. Now, there's been a few responses. Um, I keep saying um, there's been a few few responses that have been discussed. Even football players have been shown they're discussed. The football team put a, a message out basically saying they're not happy with the response of the fans that booed. The players aren't happy. And, it, you know, the only people that seem to be encouraging it are a, one Tory MP and, and, and obviously uh, LG, LBC, 
and no doubt talk radio will be in there. Now, mm. Black Lives Matter has had, in, in the UK, has had a lot of bad press, especially from the Telegraph, who've made it out to be a political movement, which I believe is for one guy who's a, a Labour Party guy, socialist, who, who runs his own version of it. But that's not what Black Lives Matter is. Black Lives Matter just is about equality. It's about racial equality and an end to police brutality, which although people say the UK is not like the US, it has a race problem in terms of the amount of black yeah. people that are convicted for crimes in the UK and end up in prisons compared to white people, which isn't talked about. The last prime minister that spoke about it was Theresa May, who on her first day after being elected leader of the Conservative Party, spoke about how there is a problem in the judicial system and never spoke about it again. Yeah. The data says there's a problem. The information is there that says there's a problem. Um, black people are becoming more and more the victim of crime um, due to criminal gangs, due to poverty. But yet, the approach is one of, of racism to sort of go, are uh, black people always claim to be victims, especially by this government, and to almost ignore the problem. The Tory party itself and the government have ignored and attacked Black Lives Matter in Parliament, and in public, whereas companies have come out and gone, we're with you, right? Even Morrison's, uh, uh, Morrison's, Sainsbury's, all these companies, as much as corporate support is always questionable. Um, even Lloyds Bank came out and said, we're going to start up a scheme. Stormzy came out and said, I'm going to fund uh, education for young black people who are struggling. Um, you know, lots of organisations have Twitter, Sony, the only people that don't seem to be the government and the same people who voted Brexit. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I find that disturbing and worrying because it's straight out of the Trump playbook. It's, it's you know, as, as much as people are looking at black people and going, oh, it's, it's a black thing, it's a black issue. Actually, I think it, it's reflective of what happens with lots of ethnic minorities, especially in the UK. Um, but I, I just want to know what's your what's your <laughs> after that rant, uh, what's your your take on the whole situation with Black Lives Matter? You know, what's your take on a government's approach? And do you see it getting better? Because I don't see it getting any better, especially once Brexit arrives. I see it getting worse. Um, because they're they're gonna want a scapegoat, and governments always go to law enforcement when they want a scapegoat. Um and I, I see it just getting worse. What's your take on it in terms of Black Lives Matter? Have you seen a negative press? Or is it something that you'd feel comfortable taking up? Um, like, obviously, not a lot of people will come up to me and tell me their opinion on Black Lives Matter. I've heard a lot of young people talking about it and approaching their parents and the struggle that they've had approaching their parents and discussing it. Uh, is that something you guys have seen? I know you're all the way out in Portugal, James. I don't know if it's even reached Portugal. But um, what's your what's your take on that situation? Well, I've I've only been in Portugal for maybe a month or so, so mm. you know, obviously been UK based for for most of my adult life, mm. and well, my my take on it is, you know, it, it's incredibly sad that there is still this whole idea of uh, an unequal individual as a person, be it um, black. Um, any other um, ethnic diversity, be it female, be it disabled, be it uh, marginalized in, in any way, 
and one one of the things that was kind of fascinating uh, to really understand this and and being brought up, you know, in you know a, a South Walian, very white community, didn't really have many, if any, uh, black kids around, or didn't play with any. Not not because I wouldn't have, just because they they, they weren't there. So it's simple as that. Mm. Um, it was only when I went traveling in my in my early 20s did, did I then have this realization that hold on one second the minorities on the on the planet the minorities on the planet are white people and that is just not considered why on earth it, it, is, is that the truth what why why haven't we gone well isn't this just the most ridiculous argument that we should oppress what are the majority um, race on the planet, which are black people and Chinese people and Asian people uh, that are different colors to now, should I put the word in white supremacy, which is the global imperialistic norm, which is Hmm. very weird for me to think, you know, supremacy. And I, I don't mean supremacy in the kind of the Nazi type of, take over the world, you know, um, kill Jews approach, you know, all of that is completely horrific. I I just mean the globalization that has happened over uh, a millennia, that that white Mm. people are the most important race on the planet. And the only reason is because socioeconomically, um, somewhere down the line, white people started to oppress and find ways to... Um, improve their living situation through the use of what they would consider to be lesser people. And that would have been white on white and then white on black. And, and then as they've developed and and created this wealth and this movement of technology, and I'm talking, you know, technology of the past, not technology of now, where they've become a dominant force and then found that, you know, the outsourcing of these um uh, uh, factories and to, uh, 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 to make the profits out of things that are made cheaper elsewhere, we've ended up perpetuating and um, uh, enforcing a type of racial slavery from the white person, unfortunately, just because that's where the wealth is. That's where it it was generated. That's where it was even created. That's where it it became something, you know, the trade of sugar, uh, you know, being the barter system that developed. And so we end up in a system where there's now less white people than there are other, um, I was going to call them minorities. It's not a minority than other, other races. But then for some reason, those of us that live in these um, white privileged uh, economies think that we're more important than them because it's built into our culture that we have more, we are more, and and therefore we don't integrate and we don't know how to speak to them and we don't even know how to how to look at those people without having this little bit of thing in our mind going like, uh, are they thinking something really different to me? It's like no, they're not. They're human beings, you know. They're exactly the same. It's just very weird. It's just very weird that we've ended up thinking this way. Let me jump in there quickly because um, there's, there's a lot there. But let me 
in terms of the whole racial dynamic of it, and I don't want to turn this into a history show um, because we're running out of time, but in terms of the racial dynamic of it, one, the whole concept of whiteness, it's a, it, of racial, in terms of racial division, um, hmm. is, is problematic because there is no white culture. Uh, there is no white there's no although the the Nazis would love to believe there is there's no white homogeny there's no like there's nothing that that's solely white so you in in terms of like you've got Polish culture you've got French culture you've got Welsh culture your English culture you've got Scottish culture um it's a false construct which is why when when we look at something and go the vast majority of people in the world aren't white it makes no sense right um, and I personally believe that in terms of the whole issue with race, it's been, and I think it's happened over the past five, ten years, especially in the UK, people didn't see themselves as white necessarily. They saw themselves, racists always did, but the vast majority of people just either saw themselves as English, Scottish or Welsh. The idea of, of whiteness has come into the debate recently um, and difference based on colour. To the, to the degree that, you know, um, you know, even talking about Black Lives Matter has become offensive is, is a recent construction. The idea of race is a longer one. It goes on a bit further back, but it's maybe like 400 years old, you know, when slavery started. Because before then it wasn't, like you didn't see what, someone what, black and go, you didn't I, see someone black and go, they're, they're less human than me. I get, I get, get, get you where you're going with that, but mm. I, I get, I guess what I'm trying to do is kind of move on that conversation yeah. because we just don't think in that way, because uh, it then irrationalizes this whole um, idea of having a problem with Black Lives Matter. It's like Black mm. Lives Matter. Go, go say that in Africa. It's like well, it's just the mo most stupid, ridiculous idea. Black Lives Matter. What, what are you talking about? Well, if you Everyone's said it in South black. Africa, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know. Zimbabwe. Fair, fair, fair point, but um, it's, it's just you know, why, why don't we introduce another more globalized um, way of looking at a situation rather than being um, uh, uh, characterized into um, one way of looking at it? And it's not about us, James. Here. Let We're me being... jump in there. It, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about TC. If you're a rational person, you don't generally indulge that. You think of yourself as, so me, you, and TC have bonded over the fact that we all like to talk. Yeah. We read a bit of news. We are indulged in politics. We're proactive in our thought processes so we're always out there learning we're always out there thinking um some people bond over beer some people bond over food right um and i, I think that's that's the difference it's not about what we do the 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 um the at the moment the conversation is being dictated by people who don't care right nigel farage changed everything when he spoke about doris and he said Doris isn't comfortable in the hospital ward because she keeps hearing all these foreign voices. Now, in spite of the fact those foreign voices were there to help her, that changed the conversation. So now, as an example, um, uh, Mahid Nawaz, the presenter on LBC, is saying we need to understand why those Millwall fans were booing today. I know why those Millwall fans were booing, just as I know why, you know, they came to London a couple of uh, weeks, months ago for a fight, 
just as as I know why I guarantee you that um the the very reasons for the, the excuses they look for to be against Black Lives Matter, I don't think it's a job that we can necessarily do. I think we can talk to people and try and bring them back from the edge. I think we can encourage rational dialogue, which I will do every week. I know I get angry at you Brexiters, but I will do, try every week to engage with these people and talk to these people and get them to come back from their edge or see if we can get onto um, even ground. So at least we can come to sort of agreement to respect each other. But I think at the moment, the power is in the hand of people who are doing very rational things when it comes to race. Because even though so many corporations are going, well, Black Lives Matter, the Telegraph isn't, the Sun isn't, Daily Mail isn't, and they're dictating the conversation at the moment. And I think that's where the problem is. It's not what me or you or, or TC thinks. It's that we need to stand up to those organisations and go, actually, you've gone too far. Um, you know, there weren't 2,000 complaints about, diver was it Diversity's dance on um, yeah. Britain's Got Talent? Yeah. That didn't happen because 2,000 people watched it and hated it. It was because the Daily Mail whipped them into a frenzy. Most of the people that complained probably didn't even watch it. And and that's where I think, you know, we really, I, I will try my best this week to try and get, I'd love to get a Brexiter on the show. If any of you know one, let this do that, That's why we're here though. That, that, it, it, isn't this the very reason why why we have this podcast? Isn't this the very reason why why we are talking? Mm. To go, we will let, take let's care of that, you, I promise. Let, let's we'll shift, take care that, of you. shift that conversation on. Let's move it forward. Let's change it. You know, it, it's what the strap line that the uh, we we worked on together, and actually, uh, CJ, you came up with with that strap line. That's what this is all about. This is about mm. change the perspective, change the conversation, revolutionize the conversation, and that's yeah. why it's so effective. This is the um, the answer, um, not as in the big global answer to it all, um, or the news media, but but it, it is our way of answering. You know what is currently going on. It's our yeah. little kind of drop in the ocean to go. You know, there's another way of looking at this. You don't have mm. to buy into all those things that you know make you feel enraged inside yourself. But because you're slightly addicted to that rage, you go and buy the Daily Mail again or, or continue <laughs> to read it because there's still a readership. You know, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't go away. Before TC, we end, can I can I jump TC in there quickly? Yeah, I, I think. For Black Lives Matter, what, what slightly worries me is that it's the subtext. These people that are getting really angry about Black Lives Matter seem to have added a little bit of dialogue. So they've added the bit that, that, that doesn't exist saying Black Lives Matter, so white lives don't. And what worries me is that there's no point that somehow they believe that Black Lives take precedent over white lives because people are... I mean, it's just, I know it's just an excuse to be racist. I know that's what they're doing. You know, they're racist and they want to build hate. I, I just don't understand where that subtext has come from. What, what, you know, it's like they really haven't looked into it. They don't want to look into it. They want to believe some people will be lost causes. You know, <laughs> I don't think any of that, you know, I, I, I don't want to com make comparisons, but I don't, I think if you sat down and you talked to them, not, possibly not me, you'd probably be someone who, who was unfortunately involved in a far right organization who came out of it. Might better oh, be able to just uh, just a member of UKIP would be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you know any, like, just sit down, chat. I'll take care of them. Give them a cup of tea. Yeah, I, I, it's, I, it's, I, just, 
it's just it's just that I, there's 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 obviously with some people some kind of fear or they believe mm. something's being taken away from them yeah i don't think they i mean i don't think i don't think we any of us get anything you know what i mean we we, we have to pay our bills we have to go mm. to work the opportunities we get are generally generally created by ourselves it's not it's yeah. not other people who give you a job unless you went to eaton right so um yeah, good point okay. yeah we, we we generally have to have to create our own opportunities so mm. these people somehow are under the impression that everyone who doesn't look like them they're somehow more hard done by it. and we, we are living in a bit of a victim's culture at the moment where people believe and I'm talking about the far right more than anything else. They believe that for some reason they should be getting more stuff than they do. So, the same with this incel thing that's going on. And there's so many groups that believe they should have more rather than striving to create more from themselves as individuals, but they band together with hate. So it's, it's oh, yeah. a very odd process and it's never going to lead to anything positive. That's the mm. other thing. It's never going to lead to any kind of positive change or they're not, their lives aren't going to get better. If, mm. if something happens and they get something, they're just going to start whinging or, or screaming or getting angry about something else. Yeah. It's, it's a vicious circle of negativity. Well, let's see if we can put something positive into it. I haven't given up, boys. Can I just say thank you for joining me again? I know my rants go on, but every time, boys, you bring me back back from the edge and i appreciate that um the the global frequency we're building up a, a bit of steam we're back for some with some new stuff for you hopefully next week or uh, as we progress through to the end of the year we'll have some specials for you as well it's been a nice nice journey gentlemen thank you again um for for joining me it's been a fantastic journey I, I really want to talk about um, incels and toxic, toxic masculinity at some point in the show uh, as we as we progress maybe through next year. But we'll be hitting that subject a bit harder and deeper as we go forward, guys. The incels won't. The incels won't be hitting it harder. <laughs> deeper, guys. They won't no, be doing that's that. That's a fair point. But yeah. ladies and gentlemen, thank you and good night. This was a global frequency, guys. Say good night. Good night.